Section 10 of G. K. Chesterton in Vanity Fair magazine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Heather Eney, G. K. Chesterton in Vanity Fair magazine by G. K. Chesterton. Hats, houses, and human beings. What a free man wants is not money, but property i might almost say that what a free man wants is not property but proprietorship so far as anything so deep can be defined in words he desires over some limited area the mastery of material things he may desire property as distinct from prosperity he may even desire property at the expense of prosperity this does not mean that a few men should have huge masses of property obviously that condition is inconsistent with the ideal of the common man having property it is self-evident for instance that the idea of landlords is the very opposite of the idea of men owning land we should all see this instantly in another example if it were clothes instead of fields or hats instead of houses we have only to imagine the majority of men running about bareheaded and overshadowed by a toppling pagoda of hats worn by one jewish old clothes man governing the whole country as indeed it is very nearly the case now except that the jew has become successful enough as an old clothes man to dress himself in new clothes but in that case we certainly should not say that the habit of wearing hats was a custom of that country nor can anybody say that the habit of owning land is a custom of our commonwealth today. it is not customary but exceedingly rare and none the less rare because the exceptions are monstrous in size as well as in eccentricity unfortunately the situation is worse even than this private property the only real form of personal liberty is not only rare as a social reality but it is tolerably rare as a social ideal except among the silent masses whose ideals are hardly more conscious than instincts it is even rarer as a political ideal among the practical politicians it is typical of the servile trend of our politics that the only political proposal of this kind has lingered only as a political joke it is the expression three acres and a cow advocated by joseph chamberlain when he was acting in conjunction with that much more admirable and much less admired reformer jesse collings it is also typical of that trend that success attended another scheme of chamberlain's that of old age pensions because however human and helpful under the circumstances it had a certain savor of outdoor relief for paupers while his first scheme was merely jeered at precisely it had the savor of independence and dignity for citizens nine acres and an elephant three acres and a cow therefore is a thoroughly sane and sound ideal far more solid than that of three landlords and herds of cattle followed by herds of tenants but if it is much saner than capitalism it is also much saner than communism or collectivism 
for a man owning three acres and a cow it is not a substitute to propose that three men should own nine acres and an elephant there may be a sense in which a man can own the hind leg of an elephant but it is not ownership in the sense of immediate mastery he cannot make his new leg do what he likes when the other three are doing something entirely different the agitation and nervous strain of such a condition would be too much even for the largest elephant an elephant must be treated as a whole and his control by several men depends on the agreement of those men all can have all of him but none can have a part of him now i do not discourage the public ownership of elephants or other large and somewhat ludicrous objects such as town halls post offices government offices and similar elephantine things these public pachyderms move slowly and are sometimes rather difficult to move at all but they ought to exist and they ought to be owned by the public what i say is that they are not a substitute for a private house as symbolized in heraldic style by a private cow for instance you can call a cow by a pet name to suit your own fancy and few people have ever done this to a post office and i need not say that the idea of a government department coming when it is called by its pet name is almost outside the sphere of practical politics but it is quite a mistake to suppose that the case for a man having a whole cow to himself is merely a case for selfishness property alone sets a man free to give as well as free to keep it not only enables him to give the name to the cow but to give the cow to the neighbors so long as he shares he never gives he cannot give the elephant its own hind leg and it is quite obvious though curiously neglected that he cannot do any such generous actions with any of the public things in which he merely shares as a citizen socialists of the fabian sort may tell him that he does truly own the lamp-posts in the street or the telegraph wires across the country but the man cannot offer his friend a lamp-post as he offers him a cigar he cannot offer to cut him off a length of telegraph wire on the public highway as he offers to cut him off a branch of blossom in a private garden if a man is to be free to do these friendly things he must also be free to do much more fantastic things in short the conflict between the private cow and the communal elephant does involve the idea of what some would call irresponsibility in this sense that a man must be legally allowed to do many things that others would call mad if he is to be able to do the things touched with the fine madness of magnanimity he must be allowed to call his cow ashtaroth or abracadabra if he is to be free to label half the milk for the poor children next door he must be free to paint his house a bright pink with pea-green spots if he is to be free to open its doors in hospitality to the beggars on the road there are many who would think one act as mad as the other but it is obvious that however startling the external effects might appear one act must always be as private as the other 
i am not i near hardly say offering the least excuse for freaks of fashionable plutocracy when it really impinges upon public things i am merely pointing out that there are some things that must remain private things and that among them is not only any kind of owning but any kind of giving what is totally untenable is the view that an exact equivalent for the act of giving can be found in the act of sharing and here again we should probably be guided aright if we only discovered what the real populace really wants these truths would be immediately apparent if we turned from theories and systems about the poor to the poor themselves it would be found that a very great deal of their desire for more wealth was a desire for the dignity that comes of dispensing courtesies and compliments it is very largely because goods can mean gifts and homes can mean hospitality the householder and his house if a renaissance comes it will be by the victory of small things over big things it will especially come by the victory of the inside of things over the outside the cow will go in front of the elephant precisely because the cow can really belong to a man while the elephant can only belong to a menagerie the cow will jump over the moon so to speak though the moon is much larger of the two the man will not be suited to the house but the house to the man though the house is much the larger of the two the house will be painted not to match the street but to match the householder even if it is painted pink with green spots in short the householder controlling the house is himself a type of these two things the smaller thing controlling the larger thing and the thing inside controlling the thing outside and he is thus the flat contrary of the whole tendency of recent progress which is at once a rush and a routine it has all been in the direction not only of the larger destroying the smaller but of the external destroying the internal a man ought to clothe himself with a house and garden as he clothes himself with a hat and coat as it is a new house is built by a total stranger who then looks round to find a man to fit it in some cases it is almost as little designed for the men who will live in it as the mice who will live in it men and mice alike seem to be small and even secretive animals concealed only in the interior of a house in the eyes of those magnificent managers of public works who are thinking only of external facades of masonry and perspective of streets in a particular town of a particular type houses as man-traps there are indeed poorer houses that might well be called man-traps on the model of mouse-traps but something outside designs them and the larger sort also there will be no renewal till the mouse is more than the mountain till we begin again with the small and living thing from which all the large things have come it is an old fable of disappointment that the mountain brought forth a mouse but at least we should hardly be merely disappointed we might even be mildly surprised if we happened to see a mouse bring forth a mountain and that monstrous image has been the whole history of man 
He is the small thing that has brought forth all the big ones. Man must begin at the beginning, or he will very soon come to the end. We are tangled up in the tail ends of everything, and we must disentangle them or they will strangle us. We are being cut to pieces by machinery of which we cannot find the handle and have wholly forgotten the use. We must find not only the handle, but the hand. Not only the use, but the motive. We must get back to the man behind all machines, and the desire behind all systems. And the simpler the man, and the more direct the desire, the better. Among these really democratic desires, I have put first this primary desire to possess not to exchange or employ or exploit, but to possess. It is lost in the complexities both of capitalism and collectivism, but it still exists as a thing and not a theory. It has been called, for convenience, distributism. But you cannot really make a word for it ending in ism any more than you can call first love feminism or the fear of death a new disease with the name of thanatophobia. As with first love or the fear of death, the people who feel it do not look in a dictionary for long words to express it. You may not hear about it from labor leaders, but you will hear about it from laborers. Under every discouragement and every desperation of a whole social system driving the other way, it is apparent among the poor in everything they do and say, in the manner of laying out the tiniest garden in the manner of decorating the meanest room. At present, the whole process consists of sending a policeman to trample down that garden or an inspector to rout out that room. When that whole process is reversed, the commonwealth will begin to be renewed. When the garden grows upon the street, and the small room begins to alter the greater city. The new renaissance will have begun. End of section 10, read by Heather Eney.